1: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast
2: Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The
0: Secretary of
2: State's unannounced visit to the West Bank is the first since the war in Gaza began.
0: Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas joined other Arab leaders in calling for an immediate
2: ceasefire. The Secretary of State had come to the region trying to build support for a humanitarian pause in fighting. Roundly rejected by Israel with no let-up in the fight raging inside Gaza.
3: So chose a clip about Blinken visiting the Middle East and the Israeli war to get into our discussion about the new polls, because I think that has a lot to do with it. The 11-point drop among Democrats for Joe Biden in the last month is about the Israeli policy. All your Democrats under 35 aren't with him, and uh, he's lost a lot of support there. And so the headline yesterday was, see, the presidential election comes down to about 100,000 people in just five or six states. That's just true at this point. All your other states, you you know how they're going to turn out. It's not going to be close. But there's a handful of states where it's going to be close, and it ain't going to take a heck of a lot of, of voters to swing it one way or the other. And Trump now leads in five of those six states with pretty solid leads. So we'll get to that in just a second.
2: You know, you make a great point. Uh, isn't this the sort of the only sort of poll anybody should pay attention to? Yes. California, solidly Democrat. Yeah, we know. We know.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the, that's the misleading part about any national poll. Is it doesn't matter if you're leading California by, uh, you know, all 25 million registered voters, you get the same number of del- uh, electoral electoral votes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we all know that. Um, as one pundit said yesterday, maybe today is the day you accept that Donald Trump is currently the front runner to win the presidential election. Nobody says that out loud, but it's just a fact. Donald Trump is the front runner. It's not like a shocking that he's actually running or in the race or could be close. He's the front runner. It just is. You certainly, if it were the reverse, you would call Biden the front runner with these numbers. Right. Now, there is the difference that Donald Trump has got six different trials going on, including one he's testifying in today.
2: Yeah, there's that. But man, that's just that's a question mark wrapped in an enigma dipped in a riddle or something. How that's going to affect the vote or which convictions. And, well, so far, it's hmm.
3: only made him stronger. And then I'll yeah. get to the big kahuna, maybe the big kahuna here at the end in terms of uh, court decisions. But here's here's some numbers from different polls before we get into the five out of six battleground states, because this is from uh, CBS Gov poll, different poll. To give you an idea of attitudes right now, U.S. in a war overseas, their policies would increase the chance of a uh, U.S being in a war or decrease the chance of the United States in a war it's currently 4939 America thinks Biden's more likely to get us into a war than Donald Trump Trump's got a 10-point lead on are we going to end up at war with either of these presidents either of these people as president wow so much for the media narrative decrease the chance it's a 20-point difference decrease the chance of the United States in a war Trump 43. Biden, 23, a 20-point spread.
2: I agree completely. I agree. Uh, uh, Trump, for uh, all of his flaws, has that don't mess with me because I'm crazier than you are thing going in spades.
3: Personal finance. Again, these are some numbers that I think will explain the other numbers I'm going to
2: give you. Oh, i definitely go with Biden for personal finance. I mean, his family can take in millions <laughs> and millions of dollars, pay no taxes, call it all loans, and the media ignores it. He's good. He's sharp. Come on.
3: Their personal finances would make you financially better off. Biden, 18, Trump, 45.
2: <laughs> Their policies? Yes. Yeah, okay. Wow. It doesn't matter if it's true. That's an enormous gap. Your
3: personal finances would be better or worse. (laughs) They'd be better off if Trump wins 45 percent. People said that Biden only 18. I mean, it's not even close.
2: Well, and if if you believe that, to what extent does any other issue matter at all? Right. And then,
3: yeah, exactly. And then um, usually uh, how unhappy people are with the state of America is whether or not you get reelected or not. Right. Um, Percentage of people who say things are going badly in America. In January, it was 65 two thirds, which ain't good. It's now three quarters. at 73. 73 percent of Americans say things are going badly in America. Usually you don't get another four years
2: with numbers like that. Biden is Jimmy Carter if Jimmy Carter was also a crook. And 100 years old. A- and near death. Right. <laughs> and apparently there's still a, a fair contingent of the media that acts like he's definitely going to be the candidate.
3: So um, so in your swing states that will make the difference, uh, Trump is up 10 in Nevada. He's up 5 in Michigan. He's up 4 in Pennsylvania. He's up 6 in Georgia. Five in Arizona. Only Wisconsin would he lose, and that's just a two-point
2: swing. Wow. Wow. Uh, So he is absolutely the front-runner. Joe Biden is electoral poison. Yeah, well, that's what uh, uh,
3: David Axelrod, who ran Obama's campaign, and a whole bunch of other Democrats were saying yesterday. Look, you're going to lose. Let's just lay it out there now, okay? Uh, We'll break into the poll a little bit. Voters under 30. Favor Biden by only a single percentage point. So you can call it a tie, obviously. Wow. Voters under 30. It's a tie between (laughs) Biden and Trump. His lead among Hispanic voters is down to single digits for the Democratic Party. And his advantage in urban areas is half of Mr. Trump's edge in rural regions. And while women still favor Biden, men preferred Trump by twice as large as a margin as the women. Mm. reversing the gender advantage that had fueled many Democratic gains in recent years. For black voters, which have obviously has long been a, uh, a big thing for Democratic voters, they're now registering at 22% support in those swing states for Mr. Trump. T- Trump has t- 22% of the black vote in the swing states, a level which is unseen in presidential politics
2: for a Republican in modern times. Wow. I'm hoping... This is the beginning of making the "quote unquote" black vote competitive, and I hope that for the sake of Black America i have been screwed and 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 cheated by the Democratic Party now for seventy years. And I, I don't get it. By the way, nobody was calling this poll an outlier yesterday. All
3: your experts I was watching on the show saying, "Yeah, this mirrors other other polls." So, um, so why? What's your guess on that? Why is Trump polling higher among Black voters than any Republican for president has? In, you know, in in memory. Got to well, be the economic stuff, the money stuff. What do you think, Michael? Economy. I was just wondering if it's the, if it's not Trump, but more of just a Republican versus Democrat, it's just the woke, trans, all that sort
2: of stuff. You know, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So you got the economy, number one. Number two, Biden has no constituency. He's just not Trump. Um, and third, yeah, some of the woke transgender stuff. Some of the, like, you know, I, they they group all the LGBTQ plus minus BBQ stuff together um, so that you pretend it's all the same. But sexualizing children is not the same as two gay fellows who want to get married. It's not that at all, which no. is why Gays Against Groomers is a organization that's getting increasing energy and, and attention. But anyway... Um, there's a lot of folks in the black community who are absolutely not down with the way out there queer theory stuff. If
3: Trump gets a fifth of the black vote in the swing states, he's going to be president of the United States. Other numbers for Biden, who turns 81 this month, being the oldest president in American history, stands out as a glaring liability An overwhelming 71 percent say Joe Biden is too old to be an effective president. That is shared across every demographic and geographic group in the poll. Wow. Including 54% of Biden's own supporters. Wow. Over half of his own supporters say he's too old to be president again. In contrast, only 19% of
2: supporters of Trump view him
3: as too old.
2: Well, it ought to be too decrepit, not old. You know, as we've discussed, there are crazy, sharp 90-year-olds, and there are, God bless them, it's a tragedy, people in their late 70s who have lost it. The
3: largest gap on any issue is the economy. Voters 5937 better trust Trump over Biden on the economy. 5937.
2: Yeah, to me, as, as interesting as all these numbers are, it's not a poll that's going to be predictive of the election. It's a poll that's predictive of whether Joe Biden's going to be the candidate.
3: Yeah, I, I almost think, because I, I think Biden's easier to beat than anybody else. I don't want to drive him out of the race. That's right. first thing I thought when I saw this poll is, crap, this is going to drive him out yeah. of the race, and then they're going to get a young, moderate Democrat in there who's going to be hard to beat by Donald Trump. So, like, on the economic thing that... Uh, Uh, Trump leads by 22 points. That Trump is better on the economy spans the electorate among both men and women, people with college degrees and those without them, every age range and every income level. People think Trump is better on the economy than Biden. Wow. And there's got to be a resume. Hey, guess what? It's working. You got to quit whispering because apparently people aren't hearing you. And
2: you're creeping me out.
3: (laughs) (laughs) because. old, rural, poor people, and young, college-educated, rich people all think your policies are worse than Trump's.
2: Yeah. And hey, guess what? Apparently, it's not working. <laughs> and I've got to believe, in the uh, within that number, what percentage prefer Biden on that s- stuff? 37. Uh, yeah. I've got to believe there's a fair reservoir there, fair-sized reservoir of people who just despise Trump so much, they cannot find it in themselves to tell a pollster, yeah, Trump's better at that stuff. There's got to be 7, 10, 12 percent of that number that doesn't actually mean it.
3: Um, And then finally, to wrap this up, uh, I'm reading from the Wide World of News' summary of these polls that came out yesterday. Today, the degree to which voters are turned off by Mr. Trump's personality and bombast, which has been the glue helping keep together a fractious Democratic coalition for years, appears to have waned. Only 46% of voters said Mr. Biden had the proper temperament to be president, barely higher than the 43% who said the same of Trump. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Trump and Biden are basically tied on the, do you have the personality demeanor to be president? Which is the greatest knock on Trump. No, exactly. That's the, he's toxic, you know, no way he could possibly win. January 6th, racist, sexist. That's absolutely incredible. And then finally, uh, Mark Alpern writes, the Democrats sticking with Biden may be one of the worst wagers in the history of humanity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my
3: God. Those numbers are incredible. If you could get a time machine and go back like a year or two, which is a real waste of a time machine. But you go back to, uh, you know, when will Donald Trump run or not and told people these numbers, they think, what occurred? Did did (laughs) Joe Biden get caught on the street beating up an old lady? I mean,
2: what happened? It's it's astonishing. Never mind Biden hiding in his basement for the campaign. Trump ought to. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. It's You know, it's God. It's so true. Uh, It was. The great Barbara Streisand, who reminded us that those uh, memories too painful to remember, we simply choose to forget. And that happens when you're thinking about an ex or whatever you think. You know, we really had some good times. That's how you end up, uh, you know, going back sometimes when it's a bad idea. Trump ought to just not say a damn word and just let his his name be on the ballot.
3: Let the rosy glow of this poll ride him all the way to a year from yesterday.
2: That is something. If you have any comment
3: on it, text line is 415-295-KFTC.
1: at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Whoa, that's quite a grip. See, March, Strangling the boy has paid off. Just kidding. I don't do that anymore. Times have changed.
2: There you go. That's actually true. They're not going to do the Homer choking Bart bit anymore on The Simpsons. That's always bothered me, honestly. Yeah,
3: I never liked it at all, and, um... It's interesting that now, after how many years? 35. Yeah. They've decided to dump it, dump that of all things. I don't let my kids watch The Simpsons past like season 30 or something, because it's just, it's gotten
2: more adult humor that I don't want my kids to see. When you remember that poor house rock episode that we aired, it was overtly socialist. Yeah. Somebody sent us another clip from a recent episode that was like, like progressive far left political stuff on the Simpsons. Lisa lecturing people again on something or other <sighs> time to take it off the air. It's done. It's done.
3: Yeah. Um, is that, remember Bill Cosby, who's a rapist, <laughs> uh, used to complain about the Simpsons because he didn't like the whole strangling thing, and I agree with him with that. I don't remember that. Yeah, he was, he was, he was big on the Simpsons. Um, uh, was not a good show. Nobody should watch it because of him strangling the kid, which, you know, is not cool. Right. How's a family sitcom end up with dad strangling a 10-year-old?
2: <laughs> and I remember O.J. Simpson hated when Nelson Muntz would say, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> Is that what you're gonna
3: do? You're going m- mention horrific people and how they're criticizing The Simpsons? I get, it. I get it. That's funny. <laughs> Good. excellent.
1: Damn. <laughs> All
3: right, OJ, shut up. Danny Masterson didn't like the fact that the bus <laughs> driver was a drunk.
2: Oh boy. Wow. Wow. Okay. Moving <laughs> along. I uh, later this hour, I want to update you on that whole Arab Muslim student struck and hit in Iran at Stanford University thing. Is it a real crime or activism? Some of the facts coming up.
3: My son got his mullet freshened up yesterday. We went to a barber shop. You got to get your mullet freshened up every now and then.
2: Yeah, you got to tighten that thing up. Otherwise, you've just got long hair. Yeah. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Man, his mullet came out looking good. Sweet mullet. Um, He's very, very proud of it. (laughs) it's of all things but um uh he's the only one in his class with a mullet i guess in junior high i was having a conversation with the barber who has kids of various ages i guess junior high is where the mullet really kicks in Mm. not the grade school he's still he's still a grade schooler middle i don't even know these i didn't have this i had grade school junior high high school i don't don't even know what middle school is
2: it's junior high isn't
3: it? it roughly I don't know. Yes, I think it's junior it's, high. Sure, it is. Well, I got two kids is. in different schools, and they have different rules for it. and I never can
2: remember which one's which. So he's ahead of his time, mullet-wise. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, he'll yeah, show yeah. up in middle school. Oh yeah, Whoa. already bemulleted. Yes, exactly, and, nice. w- and
3: very comfortable in the ways of the mullet. Yes, <laughs> having having rocked it for a couple of years. Yes.
2: I wish I knew where to find a picture of me with my '80s rock and roll mullet because I rocked it hard. Yeah, I
3: had to show him pictures of Bono from, like, 1980, because yeah. I said, you look just like Bono's
2: mullet back in the day. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll show people. Yeah, here's me back in 84. Uh, that's Bono. I had a squarer jaw back then. <laughs> so- softened through the a Shorter and more Irish. <laughs> All right, so the alleged hit-and-run uh, coming up. Also, are you familiar, familiar with Sheevan Fleet she is a, a woman who grew up in communist China who's now an American. She, oh, that person. Yeah, she, she came to fame addressing a school board meeting, warning them that they're going down the Maoist road. She's out with a book now, and it's really interesting.
3: Uh, reporters are now getting to tag along with the Israelis when they go into uh, Gaza City, for instance. And, man, that is some gruesome fighting. So we'll get some of that stuff and a whole bunch of other stuff on the way. If you missed a segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: They're going to take us basically down this track, which leads straight into Gaza. I asked the commander, what is the situation on the ground? His answer was very simply, nowhere is safe there.
3: Nowhere is safe. Of course it's not. And here's a little more from Ian Pannell of ABC News. he actually inside Gaza, traveling with the soldiers while they're in in a battle.
2: We were driven about three miles into the Gaza Strip towards the northern side of Gaza City. It's a scene of utter devastation, building after building, scarred and blackened by the bombardment, the crackle of gunfire and crump of tank fire ever present. The landscape is apocalyptic.
3: The landscape is apocalyptic. I don't know if you've looked at the pictures, but it is gruesome. Uh, Israel says, and I don't have any reason to doubt them, they're they're, they're hitting, attempting to hit Hamas targets. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can certainly see how if you were of the bent to think they're just, you know, indiscriminately bombing,
2: you could believe it because it just everything looks like rubble. Sure. The whole disproportionate thing argument. Yeah, I could see it. But if you've decided, all right, this is an existential threat. There is no way we can compromise. What else are you going to do?
3: Well, and they're building. They've got headquarters under hospitals, and they build the tunnels over under schools, and just all that whole that whole thing. So I don't know. I don't know what your options are, and nobody ever seems to be willing to get into that conversation on any of the news shows I watch.
2: What are the other options? News does not sell ambivalence; they sell simplicity
3: and horror. So here's maybe the most important thing I saw over the weekend in following the the war between Israel and Hamas. This guy, Hussam Zamlet, was on Face the Nation yesterday, and he is the ambassador to the U.K., the Palestinian ambassador to the U.K. And so he, in theory, is representing, you know, the average Palestinian. That's the argument we're all hearing, right? The vice president said in no way should you conflate Hamas with the average Palestinian. Um, They had nothing to do with the uh, attacks in Israel on October 7th and don't believe in them and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so he's representing those people. And here he is on Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan.
1: So do you want to clear the air and clearly condemn the attack in Hamas today? No, I want to clear the record. First of all, the Palestinian Authority is not what represents the Palestinian
3: people. It's the PLO. It's the Palestine Liberation Organization. I represented the PLO in Washington. Now I represent the PLO in, in, in London. The PA does not have external arms. The sole legitimate representative of the Palestinian people is okay, the PLO. That's Number two. from him. He goes on that way for many, many minutes. She asks him four or five times. Four or five times to condemn the Hamas attacks on innocent Israelis on Saturday, October 7th. And he always goes into, well, what's awful is this or that? I mean, he just he won't flat out say it right now. Here she is wrapping up the conversation after many, many minutes of him not answering that question
1: wars only happen between two sovereign states. So this is a moment when you empower the state of Palestine that will be able to protect its people, Margaret. We have to leave the conversation there, but it's very clear that it's really the United States talking about a peace settlement, two state solutions, and you did not clearly condemn that. So um, Ambassador, thank you for sharing the Palestinian point of view. We have to leave it there. Thank you. We'll be right back.
3: I don't know if you could tell by listening, but by watching, she was rattled by the fact that she asked this guy who's supposed to be speaking for the regular Palestinian on the street five times, can you condemn Hamas for what they did? And he wouldn't do it. Right. Is there anything else you need to know?
2: Boy, her voice breaking up. Yes. That was the sound of somebody on the left recognizing how crazy the far left is to support that guy. Here's to that echo guy. his arguments. Well, how disturbing would it be you find out you're talking to a guy
3: who doesn't want to say anything critical about tying up a grandma and setting her on fire? I'm
2: scared of a person like that. Right. Chopping the limbs off of young children in front of their parents. Or vice versa. Right. Yeah,
3: and he is unwilling to condemn that. Right. So, hey, all y'all know... From the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. We don't mean exterminating the Jews. We just mean, you know, an equitable solution, the open-air prison, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you got the representative on TV for Western media unwilling to condemn the attacks. What more do you need to know? Right. About if you had an election today, would the Palestinians vote for Hamas again?
2: Because most polls show they would. They did once. Seems pretty clear to me what's going on. Wow! And your college kid is out there marching in favor of, well, against the genocide. Well, some some of them actually want all the Jews to die. So, no, they're not going to down Tomas because
3: they're fine with that. Right. A lot of them, I assume, I hope, actually just buy the whole oppressed narrative. Maybe they went too far, but, you know, you can't blame them. The United States and Israel has been mean to these people for all these years. It's their land. They should get it back, all that horse S. Right. But come on now. That that conversation needs to be distributed around widely. So people see, that guy couldn't even, and all he's got to do is mouth the words. He doesn't even need to mean it, right? He doesn't even need to mean it, but he can't even say the words. Right. He's so appalled by the idea.
2: Right. of denouncing Hamas. I mean that's amazing. He couldn't even find a way to like thread the needle and parse and well we condemn overreach and needless civilian deaths on all sides. He wasn't even going to go there. No, he didn't even say
3: I wish innocents hadn't died on that day, but you can understand why he didn't wouldn't even come
2: close. That is amazing. Meanwhile, you got Rashida Tlaib accusing Joe Biden of baseless, baselessly casting doubt on the Palestinian death toll. Instead of helping in the violence. So when Biden said, look, the Hamas numbers, we can't take those seriously. Rashida Tlaib attacked him for that. He says she says he has no notion that the Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. So she equates. The Palestinians with Hamas. Clearly. Clearly she does.
3: And so she put out that, uh, what do you call it, an ad or a press video or whatever over the weekend calling uh, Joe Biden out for committing genocide. Which is a heck of a thing for a member of his own party to come out and say that. Um, the attorney general of her state, I'm trying to find that. Who's a Democrat, a liberal Democrat, a way out there liberal Democrat, condemned uh, Rashida Tlaib for. Here it is. So the attorney general of Michigan said, I have supported and defended you countless times, even when you have said the indefensible, because I believed you to be a good person whose heart was in the right place. But this is so hurtful to so many. Please retract this cruel and hateful remark. Wow. About her own representative from her own state accusing the president of genocide which is a heck of a thing to say i would say but man we got some serious splits going on in both parties as you got the whole dust up over uh funding for ukraine and everything on the republican side
2: and so rashida talib who's just equated the palestinian people with hamas tweeted from the river excuse me from the river to the sea is an aspirational call for freedom human rights, and peaceful coexistence, not death, destruction, or hate. Good God! It's a call for freedom, human rights, and peaceful coexistence?
3: Well, a lot of people in those protests have Hamas flags in addition to Palestinian flags, so it's not hard to figure out what's going on there.
2: I'm looking at the uh, the Mark clips we have where he goes into... Uh... The way people are treated in uh, so much of the Muslim world as opposed to how they're treated in the Western world. I'm not sure which clip that is. Maybe we'll play it for you later, but it absolutely does not uh, equate to, again, the delightful representative saying, it's an aspirational call for freedom, human rights, and peaceful coexistence. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free is a call for coexistence. My ass it is, sweetheart. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, you can weigh in anytime you want. Text line 415-295K FTC. We got a bunch of other stuff on the way. Stay here, please.
1: At purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Man, oh
2: man, we're living in crazy times. Just so crazy. Did you hear Dolly Parton is putting out a rock album?
3: I did not. Remember Loretta Lynn did that kind of toward the end of her uh, career that was pretty popular and really good with Jack White. Is that what she's doing? That
2: sort of thing? Yeah, I heard a couple of tracks, and I love Dolly. As a human being, as a songwriter and all, but uh, I'm not sure what she's thinking. Anyway, I'm never going to pay... As a displayer of giant boobs. (laughs) She still has my respect in that realm. Uh, I will never pay attention to another business trend again. Just last year, companies were struggling to keep staff. Now they say not enough people are leaving their jobs, according to the Wall Street Journal.
3: You know, I've got this story about uh, people's choices of car colors and how it matters to society. People's
2: choices of car colors? Right. It doesn't matter to society. Oh, well. (laughs) What? Let's
3: see if you agree with this smart person here. In 1952, three out of four cars sold were either red, green, or blue. Three out of four in 1952 were red, green, or blue. Got it. Today, three out of four cars are white, gray, or black. And this super smart person on Twitter said, We have given up on color because we have given up on choice. It's aesthetic labor to pick between a thousand shades. Why bother when you can just default to gray? The bland aesthetics of the modern world reflect its general noncommittal cowardice. What? Sad and very reflective <laughs> of the mood of society. <laughs> Do you think it means anything, or is it just like uh lapels on jackets get whiter and thinner, and that doesn't mean anything? But we used to have colorful cars, now three out of four are white, gray, or black. I don't know. I'm 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 mystified by this. You think it might mean something or uh-
2: I don't know. I know people are keeping cars longer because they're of higher quality. Used to be a car with 50,000 miles, you'd never ever buy used. No way, cuz it's it's about to crap out. So
3: maybe it's just no, that's that That's the sweet spot for me.
2: <laughs> that's oh, yeah. when I buy cars. Oh heck yeah. Yeah, certain brands certainly. Um maybe it's just that people are keeping their car longer and so they don't want a color that's so clearly out of style.
3: Mm. You know, that actually makes more sense.
2: Judy and I were talking about this the other day. You know, if if you've been in new construction houses lately, especially like kind of more upscale, the sliding barn door thing. Yeah. yeah, Oh, that's red hot. Oh, you got to have the barn door. Red hot. Yeah, exactly. And as I said to my bride the other day, it's a cool look, but that's going to feel like crazy dated in five to ten years I don't care, about, care I don't care about stuff
3: that like that at all it just it m- makes no mark in me whatsoever I don't care but I can easily see walking into a house in 15 years with someone who says well first we got to get rid of these barn doors and then the real estate it agent is rolling so their eyes 2022 like, I know, isn't that embarrassing they still have the barn doors right yeah oh, I hate that sort of crap I just don't care
2: but yeah, yeah. you know it's very important so maybe maybe it's that what did could they? I say that what what did he claim it was? Mm. That's a dull, gray, monochromatic cowardice of today's something or other. <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> Jeez, sir, you can buy special panties that g- don't get in a wad now. Go on Amazon. I don't mm. know. He seems to be taking it too seriously. Mm.
3: I got an off-white car, so and a black one. I have two vehicles, one off-white
2: and one black. So We've got one silver and one black. <laughs> there you go. But that's because I wanted the because car that's the your- hats. car
3: they had. your cowardice. What? <laughs> your cultural cowardice. How dare you, sir? Obviously, what color's your car, Michael? Blue. There you go.
2: not a way to show your courage or something, according <laughs> to this guy's premise. It's <laughs> the, the cheapest hell? one on the lot. <laughs>
3: it's the cheapest one because nobody wanted a blue car.
2: I just went from white to black. I miss my white car. Black looks awesome if it's clean, but Ugh. it never is. And I've never really been clean car guy, but I've got to be now. Yeah, black cars look so
3: awesome if oh. they're clean,
2: but it's very, very difficult to keep them that way. Yeah, man, my white car that was a nice car too. It was an SUV. Uh, I would let it get—I mean, just filthy. Yep, so, still look pretty decent. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. This one, I get two water spots on the hood. I'm like, ah, I can't have that. <laughs> anyway, that's because of your cultural cowardice. <laughs> All right. Well, we can talk about the trends in hiring and firing coming up in a moment or two. I've got to retrieve my password. I got a question for the Wall Street Journal. And I'm quoting We can see you're a subscriber. Welcome back. Please sign in. Wait a minute. I know. Wait a minute. How are those two things compatible? Now I got to go to my damn passwords.
3: You know, this is the first time in quite a while that we haven't had the Daylight Savings Time discussion. I think everybody's tired of it, but the polls continue to be true that uh, nobody likes it changing the clocks. N- nobody actually knows why we still do it. And... Uh,
2: well, Jack, it was started in 1847 when the Kaiser was at war with Egypt. And in order to save gasoline, which powered the generators, which turned on the electricity for our greatest cities, we had to scale back NASA because it was taking too much fuel. And therefore, we have daylight saving time. Oh, okay.
3: And even though nobody wants it, he can't get rid of it.
2: And as the astronauts brought in the crops with their little children taking time off from school to harvest the crops to feed the Kaiser's armies, <laughs> we instituted daylight saving time.
3: Well, my hat's off to Arizona, who doesn't do it. They just stay. Yeah. Also, Hawaii, American Samoa, Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, the Southern Mariana Islands. <laughs> Please. I, you, I wouldn't go if you built me a house. A Puerto Rico <laughs> and the Virgin Islands all say screw you to
2: change the clock. That doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. We're not going to do it. The Get the it for you, but the rest of us do it. Yeah, I've I've switched teams as a golfer. I've always been pro daylight savings time. Let's have it more more sunlight later. But then I read all about, The science is indisputable
3: that we should what it is today standard we should stay. time.
2: Yeah, should leave this alone. It is much more important, especially for kids, to feel the sun on their face in the morning not go to high school or school or whatever in the dark. It's just, it's human beings are made to wake up with the sun, feel the sun on our face, it turns on, all of our uh, our vital juices start to flow, our brain pan warms up, the rest of it.
3: <laughs> but can't they, surely they can study Hawaii and Arizona and say, so is everybody dying in a car crash? Or kids, you know, the... Uh, Falling asleep at school or whatever. All and, the and-
2: golf courses have closed. There are none in Arizona. I don't know if you've ever been there. They've all been paved over. There's no high school sports. <laughs> because they don't do the time change. Fifty percent of people commit suicide every week. That's right. The Kaiser was at war with Egypt, you say. <laughs> and his submarine fleet needed more fuel. So the farmers Yeah, whatever. <laughs> The white-collar labor market is softening to the point that companies are encountering an issue that few would have thought, that was unthinkable in the era known as the Great Resignation, which was like, wasn't that like a year ago or two years oh, ago? yeah. It
3: was like last Tuesday.
2: These days, too few people are voluntarily leaving their jobs. Turnover has declined so steeply at some large employers that companies now find themselves over-budget on certain teams, requiring leaders to weigh whether to postpone projects or cut additional staff. Others worry about how to keep star employees engaged because there are far fewer vacant positions internally, making it harder to promote people into new roles.
3: Wow, this stuff still hasn't shaken out yet, then, at all, has it? Apparently not. The relationship between the uh, employer and employees, and then I read something else about commutes, people, whether they're commuting or not anymore, and the home office, and that stuff, isn't. we don't know where it's going to end up yet.
2: Not even close. And uh, again, I must mention the bizarro real estate market, which has just never been seen. People can't leave their houses. You can't move up. You can't downsize. You can hardly do a damn thing.
3: And the Wall Street Journal, when was it, a couple of weeks ago, said there's never been a better time to choose renting over buying.
2: Yeah. The only people with options are people that buy and sell for cash, which is a very small percentage of the population, obviously. So, yeah, crazy times. Thanks, uh, Dr. Fauci. Well, you sure did gain that function, didn't you? That virus had some real function gain. Nice job.
3: Yeah, there's a a major change coming in real estate uh, that we need to tell you about based on a court ruling, but maybe we'll get to that a little later. The biggest Supreme Court decision about the election is going to be coming in January. You need to know about this.
1: Armstrong and Getty. information.